Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. On today's show, I am joined by Hannah Picari, who's going to share with us her real life journey in business. Anna is the principal dance teacher at Picari School of Dance. Anna, welcome and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. So I know um, you're a young whippersnapper, although you have actually been, you've got three businesses, all linked around dance, I believe. Yeah, well, yes and no. Okay, we're well, well, intrigued. I'll find mm. out more about that later. But you have been part of the dance studio for over 15 years. I and have, yes. um And that is now yours, but it wasn't when you started. So share with the listeners how you got to where you got to today. Thank you. When I came home from university, I was so blessed um, to start teaching for what was the oldest dance school um, in Wales at the time. So Harry and Sybil Marks, a beautiful, beautiful school. Uh, Harry was still alive. Sybil was his aunt and had passed away many years before that. Yeah, beautiful dance school in Cardiff in South Wales. Um, Yeah, just had a wonderful, wonderful time. Sadly, they had to sell the school. And that was at the time that I just knew it was right for me to go out on my own. And it's just been such a wonderful, exciting, fulfilling journey since. So why dance? What is it about dance that you love and adore that you've now turned into your work as well as your life? Wow. So I started dancing when I was four. And it was just always such a joy, you know, just such a joy that after school on a Tuesday, I get to put on my tights and my leotard and that wonderful feeling as a little girl walking into that hall with your dance teacher and your friends and um, just loving really the the regiment actually of a dance class, the discipline of it, then I should say, um, but loving that freedom equally that it brings brings and brought my body even as a young child um as a young child I was painfully shy um and dance gave me just a wonderful outlet to be on the stage um something I just longed for so so much and just as I say so painfully shy that you know I would have loved to have gone on stage and sung and acted but my voice just didn't allow me to do it and it's uh but my feet did. And it was just such a, yeah, just a such a lovely way for me to express myself um, and outlet and just brought a lot of joy to me as a child. And then for me, as an adult, I always knew growing up, I just thought I would love to be a dance teacher, like my dance teacher, that romantic princess idea that you have in your mind, but not really knowing that I could do it. And then I remember sitting there with my mum looking through um, the UCAS big magazine. I don't know if anybody remembers it. I don't think you get them anymore. So that shows my age. I think it's all online now. Um, But looking through all the different types of courses that they were and seeing a dance degree. And I just knew, I just knew that that was where I was meant to be. I had to do my dance degree and continue on my dance journey. And just always knowing that I wanted to create a space for children and adults that resonated with my story 
of feeling so shy and that they wanted to express themselves and be on the stage and what movement brought to that individual is so much more than just being able to tap their toes or point their toes. There's so much that encompasses that. Um, I just really wanted to create that space for many other people as well. Cool. So you, you, you did this through university, you've been dancing since you were four, you've been in what some might consider the fortunate position that you've you've been working in the environment you live in for for years since you actually were were small but obviously when you started working with harry you were a dance teacher you weren't running the business mm-hmm. and then when harry decided that he was going to move out from it you jumped in to build that business no business experience it's not like you went to union mm-hmm. and learned how to do business management so what, how did that period of, of life go for you? You know, becoming suddenly somebody that was working in this area they love, now you're also responsible for everybody else working in it. You're responsible <laughs> for the business, you're responsible for the premises, everything, the marketing, the selling. How was that for you? Um, a big, deep dive, most definitely. <laughs> and um, one that some days, weeks, months, I thought... I can't tread in this water anymore. It was a real, um, yeah, quite a shock in many ways. I absolutely loved it. There was there was this part of me that had no doubt that this is exactly what I was meant to be doing. I was called to do this. But then there was a whole other side of me that thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. You know, when I'd been teaching for Harry in Harry and Sybil Marks, he dealt with all the marketing he had such a big name for himself in Cardiff um, that people just knew of that name. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, now I'm here and I'm Pakari School of Dance and I have to build this name up. Nobody knows who I am right now, apart from the people that are already within the school. And so that was a real um, test and a real learning, a start of a real big learning point for me where I had to step aside and realise that there was so much that I didn't know. When it came to managing um, the dance school, um, that was okay on many levels. You know, I could talk to the parents, I could continue teaching. But then actually there was a whole other sphere around that that I didn't know about. And no, you're quite right. The business module within my degree was tiny absolutely tiny and it was about writing business plans and creating an idea and what would you might what might you do with this and what might it bring your community um not once did we ever look at how might you market that um yeah so it's a real eye-opener yeah and it, it can be can't it so you say you know there's that element of i didn't know what i'm doing you've utilized your own name for the dance school was there a reason you didn't simply keep the name that harry and sybil had built up i could have bought the business um and i did sit with that for some time and took some counsel on that as well and actually you know several people said to me hannah this is your time to shine this is your time to do things as you want, not under somebody else's name, go out there and be you. And that really stuck with me. 
you know, I was very blessed in my time with Harry and Sybil Marks that there weren't many constraints or anything put on me. I, I was pretty much allowed to do what I, was, I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I grew the classes quite considerably, but there was something else again about being myself, being that individual, that shy Hannah who, you know, just danced on the stage, didn't, you know, do anything to use her voice. This was my first time um, using um, my voice um, in a slightly different way. I'm just telling people, here I am. Hannah Picari is here to start teaching your children. So, Yes, it felt right to go out there and, and tell people that who I am as myself, not under somebody else's business or name. Yeah, big, big, you know, some could say that's a risky step. You could have built up mm. from somebody else's name. But hey, how much more rewarding is it that, you know, mm. it, it's now got your name against the dance school and you're known in that area now for the fact that, yeah, you're now the the dance teacher in that area that's brilliant so you said you didn't know what to do with a lot of things where were where was your main focus you've got this whole new business to run you've got to get classes built up you've got to manage the premises you've got to manage all the other teachers because I'm guessing you had other dance teachers with you where did you focus your attention in those early days I think my biggest thing was the marketing because we moved premises, so we moved to areas within Cardiff, um, there was also the new name. It was the marketing. Nobody had heard of me before, and I didn't know how to market. Um, so social media was obviously growing by the time that I was on my own compared to when I started teaching for Harry. So that was a whole new sphere of learning for me that I had to step into this world of social media and and how do I put myself out there? How do I let all of the schools around me know that I'm here and that I can teach? Um, so really learning, I think, for me and for the dance school, what were the the best ways to market? So it was trying, going, you know, back in the day of doing Leaf, leafleting through doors and dropping off you know hundreds of leaflets to the primary schools to hand out to the children and trying everything and seeing what worked best cool and we, did, did you actually establish where you're based now did you actually work out what is your best route to market in terms of your marketing have you got one route or is there a couple that are shining for you Social media, I think, you know, that is the way that we all know now that life has grown to social media. But when I first started out, leafleting worked very well, actually. And it still works well, actually, for us. Um, and pre-COVID, um, going into schools and offering to um, support them as well. So I've worked with schools a lot supporting them within with dance within the P curriculum and things like that so that's worked very well but obviously I say that's pre-COVID yeah so you know the c word has been raised the c word has a totally different meaning these days you know dance teaching it's 
face-to-face, in-person event, March 2020, all of it stopped. Mm-hmm. Did you do, did you just sit back and do some other stuff for a, a year or so? Or did you find a different way to get to your audience? For me, we continue, I continued telling our audience that we were there. We went online for, it was about 18 months before we were allowed back into the building. It's not what everybody wanted to be online. Nobody really wanted to be online with anything. Everybody wanted everything to be face-to-face, but very much coming from a place of gratitude and that we were blessed to continue online for 18 months. You know, if I think if this had happened five to 10 years ago, we wouldn't have had that opportunity to be online. The children wouldn't have had any sort of continuity within their lives of, of when we were all in lockdown. So I feel really blessed that we were able to do that and continue to tell people that we're there. Your children can still have something to look forward to that is for them of a week that's not school. And so that has worked well. It's been a challenging time for everybody. And I'm sure every dance school owner can say it's been a challenging time as everybody, every other business owner. Um, but yes, I choose to see it with gratitude and blessing. Yeah. What What did you do differently online, if anything? It was different. I suppose you could pull out some negatives and some positives. Um, for me personally, I couldn't offer for the children to do exam exams or, you know, shows, that sort of thing. Um, but I think, you know, going back on and speaking to the children during that time, and especially at the beginning, um, for young right through to old, they were really looking for friendship and they were really looking for that time that they could sit on the screen and have a little natter and talk to their friends that they weren't seeing. Um, and so as long we danced every week, but as long as I gave them that opportunity, even if it was five to 10 minutes of a class to go, do you want to have a chat? And I sometimes I chat with them, but sometimes I put myself on mute and let them all have a little chat. And they'd have silly chats, you know, but it was so lovely, a lovely, silly little chat about anything, you know, and they'd giggle with each other. Um, and that I think was when I saw that that's when the children really needed to have this, no matter what dancing we did or whether, you know, half of their hour class was talking, they needed to have that continuity. They needed to have that space where they could chat with their friends and their identity that they have created in dance, whether they're shy or not, that identity that they've created with me off screen was still being formed on the screen and still being allowed to develop. And nobody was telling them that they couldn't, they couldn't still develop that in that 18 months that we weren't allowed to meet face to face. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, you know, at the end of the day, as a business, for many businesses in dance and a lot of the fitness industry went onto online online classes but in dance especially with children it's harder to do that online but how mm. great because you and your business because I sat back and said we're taking 12 months off I'm going to sort out what's going on in the background but I'm not going to physically do anything with the kids and there you were creating this community online if you want mm. so they could still connect 
And funnily yes. enough, I don't think that's just children. Um, a, a group of people I know, we literally about a week after COVID lockdown, uh, I set up a three times a week, get on for an hour, keep yourself focused. There's things you can be doing in your business that while we're in lockdown and that that community is still going it it albeit it's running once once a week now and it's passed over to the people that are part of it but you know there's a lot of people that work on their own and it did like the kids with what you did with the kids it provided a a way to connect with other people in a Mm. world that was starved of personal contact um talking about adults and now what you do it can impact adults as well. I know as one person, one of the favourite things that will always lift my spirit, and it, it's crazy, it's not organised, but hey, it lifts my spirits, is to literally sing and dance around the room. So what about Picari School of Dance? Is it just for children or do you do things with adults? Definitely not just for children. So part of my big philosophy for the dance school is that we are open for all, no matter who you are, whether you think that you can dance or not. If you can only come to me with kitchen dancing in inverted commas, you come along and you just do what you can do and you're dancing, you are a dancer. So I want everybody to come in, anybody who wants to dance and wants to feel welcome and part of an environment and part of... um, a room full of people that they know that they're loved and that they can come and be whoever they are. They can come and be that. So we're very inclusive. I've always made sure um, to adults and parents alike that if they feel that they've got any disability, should we say that them or their children are very welcome to come in as well. So yeah, very welcome. Brilliant. And, you know, when I... As you've been talking about the dance, how it impacts the children, how it impacts you, um, you know, one of the big things in business and has been for a long time, but not so much publicly spoke about as it is these days, is mental health of people running their Mm. own business. So I'm suspecting there's things that you recognise in dance and movement that will help people with their mental health. So, you know, how... How can how do you correlate what dance and movement does for people in other businesses, in other walks of life? How does that translate into helping them with, say, their well-being? I know for me, when I was dancing, so not the teaching so much, but when I was actually dancing, my it would be the only time in my week where I could actually 100% switch off from everything else that was going on in my life. That busyness in my mind was gone because I had to focus on my steps, which bit was coming next, the timing, the music, who else was with me on the stage. So my spacing, um, watching who was on the stage before me for my timing to go in. There was so many little things to think about. And that time before being so calm and still as you get yourself ready and prepared to go on the stage, or even when you're practicing with your with the dance company or troupe, whoever you're with, my mind would switch off. And that's what I try to encourage when somebody's in a class environment with me, 
that it's their time to switch off. Don't do both. You can't really do both. Not 100%. So allow you're there for the dance class anyway. It's an hour. You're there to dance. You may as well leave everything else outside the door and enjoy the hour that you're with me. So I know for a lot of people that have come in um, with mental health problems and the like, it's their time and like to just be themselves and be still. And I can see as the hour goes on that they've started to calm down. Shoulders have relaxed. Um, their face, I can see their facial muscles have relaxed and they start to smile. As they can't do the two together, dance takes over. So I think it's really important. And I think if I was to give any advice to anyone is, you know, we know the power of physical movement, how powerful that is for um, our bodies and our minds alike. But if dance is something that you enjoy, then yes, you know, put the music on for 10 minutes of the morning or in your lunch break if you're working from home and you can or of an evening with the children while you're making dinner and just enjoy dancing, nothing else. Give yourself that time. Allow yourself to have that freedom to move and to just enjoy the movement. Yeah, I think that that's great actually because whether whether your your thing is dance or yoga or meditation what will make it way more impactful for you is be present with that one thing you're doing. And I mm. guess for me that's that's a little tip for everybody in business, be present, don't try and juggle too many things at once. Prioritize them, schedule them, but you know, take some time out for you. So, Anna, we spoke at the uh, top of the recording uh, about the fact that you do have more than one business. So tell us a little bit more about that. So aside from the dance school, um, I am also a teacher. So I run a tutoring business. So I support uh, children with English and maths and a few other subjects and support areas around that as well. Um, and I am also a business coach. So I support entrepreneurs that are creative and have ideas in their mind for businesses. I support them to go from idea to creation, whilst also making sure that with my background with uh, nutrition and families that they're creating um, healthy habits and balanced relationships in their homes, lives and businesses. Cool. And if, you know, you've gone through this space of doing something you love mm. and turning it into a business, and there's probably lots of other people out there been working in an industry for a long time and have now decided to actually make a business in that, what what top tips or lessons learned would you share with them around transitioning from that doing something you love to suddenly running a business doing something you love? Um, top tips. Before a top tip, I would just say don't, well, I suppose it is a top tip, correcting myself here, don't doubt yourself. Do not doubt yourself. If it's something that you want to do, you can do it. Absolutely. Um, I think a big change and development for me, aside from knowing how powerful personal development is, is getting a business coach myself. So learning that being in business and being that solo entrepreneur, you know, doing it by yourself can be so hard and challenging when you've got nobody to sound 
questions off with. Um, it can be very lonely on the days that you think you're not doing it very well. Um, you know, we all have those days of doubts that we think, oh, we're not just not succeeding today. But also those days where we feel like we've triumphed and we've had such a good day and you haven't got somebody to share it with. So I think it's just so important to create um, that support network around you, that family around you. And choose it, choose it wisely. Choose those people that you know are going to cheer you on. You know, those that are going to love you, whether you've had a good day or not such a good day. Um, But also those that you know will be honest with you and will share with you what is right for you and for your business and will give you that nudge of, come on, Hannah, get off your little pity potty now and get going. Brilliant. And before we go into some final quickfire questions for you, and I've come up with a couple of what I think are nice little giggly goody ones from what you've been chatting about. Um, Let people know, how do they reach out and get hold of you and Pakari School of Dance? So we have our website, uh, pakarischool.co.uk, and we are on Facebook, so on social media as well. Great. And we'll get those in the show notes for you. And just for those of you you. that are off there typing in already, Pekari is spelled P-E-K-A-R-Y. So a couple of quick fire questions as we end the story of your business journey. Um, Ballroom or modern? Ballroom. Why is that then? Gosh, it's just I love the elegance to it. Yeah. Ballet or tap? Ballet. What is it about ballet then that would give you that would give that the edge over the tap? For me personally, when I'm dancing ballet, um, as I do with my contemporary, there's just such a freedom of movement for me that I just personally very much feel like I'm flying. Oh, I love it. I love that one. Uh, and one that's got nothing to do with dance whatsoever. If you could do one thing to change the world, what would it be? Well, share some more love. Yeah, I like that. We need some more love out there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And as we finish the day, I'm going to finish with the one I always ask, Anna. Our show is called Sweat, Grit and Hustle. So which resonates with you and why in Sweat, Grit or Hustle? I think we can all say as business owners, we've done all three. But I think for me, (laughs) even though we can get sweaty in a dance studio, grit. It's that never giving up. Don't give up, ever. It might take a curve. You might see yourself on a wiggly road, but don't give up. Oh, brilliant. I love it. You have been listening in to the real life journey of Anna Picari of Picari School of Dance. And this has been Sweat, Grit and Hustle. Remember, find us on our website, www.sweatgrithustle. And I will see you on the flip side. To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on Sweat, Grit and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrit.com hustle.com